We'll gather here this evening, Bezer Hashem. We all know it's a week before Matan Torah. And the topic to be discussed is surely an extreme, extremely important topic, Emuna in action. We know that the foundation of Emuna is Maimid Har Sinai. HaKadosh Baruch told us, Atem Reisem Kimin HaShamayim Dibarte Yimochim. I would like to open my discussion this evening by posing a question. It is one of the foundations of Yiddishkeit that there is a Yisoid, a foundation of Yeridas Hadoros. From the day that we received Torah in Har Sinai, Am Yisrael continued generation after generation. There was a generation of Tanoim and then Amoroim. And then Goinim, and then Rishonim, and then Achroinim, until our present generation. And as a foundation of Yiddishkeit, that the generations went down generation after generation. We know that the, that the first basis of learning Gemara is that an Amoira, that gives a certain statement. If you find a contradiction, a contradiction by Etana, who was previous, previous generations before him, it's Tzivta, because the Tanoim were far greater than the Amoraim. A Rishon, the Rajba, that will say a certain statement. If you find a Gemara, says the opposite, and it's a Kasha on the Rajba. An Achroin, Rabbi Kiveger, will say, make a statement in Torah. If the Rajbas dis- disagrees, then Rabbi Kiveger is not the Halach. Until this very day, we know that if you have a Shaila, and you ask a Rav, and he tells you Halacha, and he says, the Shabura says opposite, the says opposite, I have Harot. In other words, the generations went down generation after generation. Now, it is important to know, and I'm not going to try to approve it at this moment, but this is something which I received from my rabbis, that the aside of Hismatus Adoris, as generations go down from generation to generation, it is not only in the realms of learning Torah, but in the realms of the simple Jew. Just the Matthias of Am Yisrael. And it's easiest to discuss, especially to the audience sitting here, by the Noshim, by the Beis Yaakov. And I'm going to make a statement which I think is true, which I feel that I received from my Rebbe's. The same vast differences that you have between our generation and previous generations, we all know how we have no erech in comparison to the Chofetz Chaim. How the Chofetz Chaim felt himself small in comparison to Rishonim, Rishonim in comparison to Amaroyim, Amaroyim in comparison to Tanoim. The same is true about women. The Tzadikis of today has no comparison in the greatness of the Tzadikis of a hundred years ago. The Tzadikis of a hundred years ago can no way be compared to the Tzadikis of five hundred years ago. Until we come to our great Imois, the Nevi'ais, who are way, way, way above us, on the same parallel as the Nevi'im are way above today's Tamil Chachomim. And here I'm going to pose a question. When we talk about the men, 
I think we all know what is the scale that we are discussing. If I say Rabbi Kivegi is greater than myself, I know exactly what I'm referring to. He is greater in Torah, understanding Torah. He know more, he understood deeper. His knowledge was greater. And if we say the Rajba was greater than Rabbi Kivegi, we know what we're talking about. He was greater in learning Torah. He knew how to cut straight through to the Emes. And his understanding and his depth and his shlita on Shas left Rabbi Kivegi in a shadow. And Amoira on a Rishin in learning Torah. Tanoim. Rabbi Kiva said, Rabbi Lezer God rather said, he said, Ilu kol hayonim diyoy. If all the oceans would be, would be ink, I couldn't write, you couldn't write the Torah that I received from my teachers and I took from them kekelev hamalachik menayam, just a drop out of an ocean. This vast greatness makes the difference in Torah between generations. And here I'm going to pose a question. When it comes to the Ezra Snoshim, what exactly is the scale that differentiates between generations? In other words, if I say that my great-great-grandmother was greater than the tzaddikahs of our generation, greater in what? Exactly in what? Now, if I would walk into the Vilna Goyen's house, I could imagine, we can't imagine, but we can discuss what I will see. I will see, as it was related to us, the Vilnagoyen used to close the shutters during the day. He didn't want any contact with an outside world. The sun, the sunshine, was already disturbing for his dvekus of Torah. His, his windows were shuttered closed, and he would light candles, and he would sit and study hours, 18 hours and much less, 20 hours and much less, straight learning by day and by night, until he became a villain Now, this is greatness. And here I ask a question. After I finished seeing the Vilnagoyan, I went to the kitchen, and I saw the Vilnagoyan's rabbits in. And I am asking a question. If we will go on the pretense that the Vilnagoyan's rabbits was just as much apart from us as the Vilnagoyan is from us, so what would I see? I'm... I'm is it, is it unproper to say that I might see the villains going to Rebels and making, making a kugel? If it's Arab Shabbos? Now, the Vilna Goyen doesn't, doesn't do what I do. I play around, I take a Gemara, I, and the Vilna Goyen look like the Vilna Goyen. Should we say that the Vilna Goyen's Rebels and kugel is so much more delicious? Will it be, will it be apocrisis in my part to say that maybe it's the opposite? And I dare say, if someone will say maybe the Vilnagoyen's Rebison was soothed and thinking of Torah 24 hours a day, I might catch the Vilnagoyen's Rebison diapering a baby. And halakhically, when you diaper a baby, you're not supposed to think and learn it. Shall we say the Vilnagoyen diapered, the diapered the babies with, with pages out of the Gemara? I don't think so. I don't believe so because it's, it's, it's halakhically the usher. So I'd see a rabbitson making a filter fish, making a kugel. Let's say she has some guests for Shabbos. Baruch Hashem, we have guests for Shabbos. Diapering the babies, taking care of her home, scrubbing the floor. In what can we say that this was a person of greatness that left us in a shadow in the parallel that her husband, the Vilna Goyen, leaves all Tamir Chacham and our generation in a shadow. In what? Exactly in what? This is the question that I'm posing to the audience today. And I'm sure that many of you can do justice to the question better than I can. But since the Hashgacha gave me that I'm the one who's standing here, I'll tell you my opinion, which is certainly not 
more chashev than yours. I'll tell you how I understand. I think the difference in generations, <coughs> the difference of doyres, when we're talking about Torah, we're talking about Torah. When we're talking about the Jew, then the foundation of the Jew is emuna. I think that I can say that the difference, the ladder, the staircase of generations of greatness was in emuna. And the question will be, does it mean that she was more convinced that there is a Kodesh Baruch than we are? We all believe in Hashem. And I would like to introduce a Machshove that the answer is we all believe in Hashem but how real is Hashem to us and how living is Hashem to us. And this is the latter in my humble opinion of generations until the greatness of thousands of years ago. Now, when we talk about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when we talk about Hashigoche, when we dive into Hashem, there was an expression in the Gemara that was said in the time of Tanoim. It was said 2,000 years ago. Rabbi Eliezer HaGodot told his disciples, Halavai, Shehemoyra Shemayim, Alechem Kemoyra Basar Vadom. Alavai, my great Tanoim, Alavai, my great Rabbi Akiva, that you should appreciate the presence of Hashem like you appreciate the presence of a fine gentleman standing next to you. Now we know what the word real means. This table is real. This table is not a philosophy. I wasn't taught in Yeshiva or in Beis Yankee that there was a table here. It's real. And I'm not going to walk through because I know it's going to give me a punch. Because it's real. And the question is, we as living Jews, how real is our Yiddishkeit in our life. How simple, how simple is to us the truth that when we dive and we talk to Hashem. I think we all notice an interesting phenomenon. Whereas we know that from Latin Torah, the generations go down and down and down. At the same time, there is an advancement. Now, there are many explanations for this advancement. I'm not going to say that my explanation is the only explanation. There is no doubt that we are today in Yiddishkeit, especially the Ezra's Nashim, in many ways more advanced than our forefathers. I wouldn't say it my own. The Mishnaburah says that our great-grandmothers did not ha- didn't know how to read. And I ask, why couldn't my Elta Baba learn how to, how to read? To some, some very smart person, Belosha Saginara said, because she didn't have a wash machine, she was too busy. I think that's stupid, excuse me. Because my baby learned how to read when she's four and a half. She doesn't make a washing machine. She doesn't have a wash. She just learned by herself, you know, from her brothers and sisters. She learned how to read. She learned Talibas and she reads. Now my Baba, when she was four and a half, could have learned Talibas. And as generations continue, I have Baruch Hashem, a 12-year-old. I don't know exactly how the, how the, the, the rules are in, in, in Basankif of America, in Israel. But I have a daughter, 12 years old. She must be a bas mitzvah. And all of a sudden, so I know that she's davening mincha. And she told me that's our custom in, in the Bessanke where we live. Until you're 12 years old, you daven shachris. When you're 12 years old, start davening mincha. I forgot to ask what time she, when she starts davening marif. And my Rabbi Yisai, I am not trying to belittle this. Chas v'sholem. 
This is wonderful and this is beautiful and this is greatness. But I ask, can we try to explain for a moment what really changed that these wonderful phenomena came about in our generations? And I will tell you what I'm, 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 I think. And again, this is not the only explanation. Of course, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. The answer is as follows. To take a living heart and to stand it by the to step to stand it by the wall, to dava mincha, is something which is a great achievement. To take a robot, to take a machine. We live in a, a generation of programming. Every house has a Shabbos clock. To take a machine that every day at four o'clock stand by the wall and dava mincha. The program is no problem. We live in a generation that we're machines. If the mincha would be then it's not easy for our 12-year-olds to dava mincha. But if mincha means to stand by the wall and say these, these and these words, which again I appreciate as greatness and as beauty, but it's a machinery, it's a robot. So here I must give compliment to our generations that we're programmed beautifully. We programmed ourselves with mamush with greatness. Rabbi Sai, I'd like to tell you something. We have Yomim Toivim. In the year we have seven, eight Yomim Toivim. We have beautiful Pesach to our generation. To our generation, we have a beautiful Pesach. Just all of us still our mouths water from that wonderful Leil Seder. Bezer Hashem will have a beautiful Shavuos. Maybe the women folk don't appreciate that Shavuos, but you walk into Yeshiva. You walk into a Beis Medrash at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's kocht. It's, it's burning. It's a beautiful Shavuos. A Sukkot. You walk into on Orchard Street where they sell a Shragim or on Bar Park, you see the, the, the slivers of a Sukkot. A Hanukkah, a Purim. There's one lost Yomtif. One lost Yomtif which we yearn for, we cry for. And you know what that is? That's Tisha B'Av. You'll see an exciting Pesach. Will you be able to see in our generation someone shedding tears on Tisha B'Av? What happened to our tears? And the answer is, because matzah, do I, Baruch Hashem, I, if you should, I, I don't want to be personal, you should see me in action. You should see me in action by baking matzah. I run and I jump and I scream. And as a matzah that's no good, I throw on the floor. You could take a machine and you could program it to bake matzahs with all brisket hummus. And they'll say that you gobble the matzah in three and a half seconds. And I'm not trying to belittle it for a second. It can be programmed by machine. But you cannot program a machine to cry. Because if he's, because if he's crying by machine, he's not crying. Tisha B'Av. The day of emotion. The day when, when Hashem says, how real is Hashem to you? And how much do you miss him? That he left us. Does it bother you? Are you crying? Here we don't find a tear anymore in our generation. Here you walk into a shul and everyone's on the floor and you don't see a drop on the floor until Elit Zion Vaharel. Did you ever go to a shul? And everyone starts singing Elit Zion It turns to one big song. Into one big song. And we look at the clock and waiting for, the t- waiting for that glass of apple juice. A half an hour, three quarters of an hour after the shtir. And this is the ladder of greatness through the generations. When we talk of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how real is HaKadosh Baruch Hu to us as a personality, Kaviyochel, a tangible personality that was with us and loves us that you can talk to and that runs our lives. We don't know what Hashem is because Hashem is way above our imagination. 
I feel that this is the ladder of greatness. Because as we talk about it on the Goyen's wife, by heart, the Amune was a living Amune Mamashkipshutoi in the most simple form that could be described. And actually, this is the message of Martin Torah. Because when HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, Hini ba'alecha ba'av ha'onon, I will come to you. V'man yishma ha'on b'dabri imach. And it says, V'yoshav Moshe estivri ha'omel Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu said, the Jewish people says, no, we're not willing. What do the Jewish people say? V'tsoyneinu lirois es malkein. We wanted mekabel p'nei ha'shechina. And the whole Yisrael of Matan Torah was, in English Matan Torah is called Revelation. The day that we saw Hashem. And why was it so important? Because that's the Yisrael of Amunah. The Yisrael of Amunah is to realize that we saw Hashem is Baruch Al Sinai. We cannot imagine in what form we saw. But that it's real as, as our eyes see. And as generations go, this reality is what we lose day after day, generation after generation, until we reach our generation when we are programmed to talk of HaKadosh Baruch Hu hundreds of times a day. It's in a Baruch Hashem and it's in a Mirza Hashem and we dive in a Shachris and a Mincha and a Mayav and we, and we do everything that Yiddishkeit tells us. And how real is this, all this to us? The moment it comes to an Isayan the moment comes to, 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 as Rabbi Tab was speaking before, a self-respect. And this is Matan Torah. This is what we, Be'ezer Hashem, have to revive in a week from now. How real Emunah is to us. Now, I feel that I'm going off the topic. And I will try to come back to my topic. Because the topic that was advertised was Emunah in action. Now, everything I discussed in the last few minutes that I'm talking here is really Dvarum Shebalev. I'm talking about impressions and about feelings. And if I continue and talk in this, in this light, then many, then most of you sitting here will go home with nothing, at least from my speech. Rabbi Taba spoke beautiful ideas. But self-kosof, our neshama, and our feelings is not in our hands. It's important to talk about it once in a while. Of course. But I have to come up with some kind of a suggestion. Now we're talking about emuna in action. Again, not emuna in theory, not emuna in philosophy. And here I'm again talking about feelings and about emotions and about things that we, should, that we should see, we should appreciate, we should realize. And it's not the subject that I'm done trying to, to drive at. I want this evening to introduce a Nekud of Allah Something which I feel is one of the problems of our generations and maybe one of the problems of our tzars. And the issue is as follows. Everyone sitting here knows that the Torah is based on Tariag mitzvahs. 613 mitzvahs. These 613 mitzvahs are called the Oiraisa, the mitzvahs that are written in the Torah. The Rabbonon came and added another seven mitzvahs. Seven mitzvahs to the Rabbonon, which include Ner Chanukah, Kriyas Megillah, Netilas Yedayim, Erevin, Shevesi Mehamishtan, Avelos, and one of the seven mitzvahs to Rabbonon is to every Jew is obligated to, to make every day Meabruchs. Now, 613 with 7 is 620, which is the gematria of Keser. If you do 620 mitzvahs, then you have a crown on your head. That is greatness. Now, who is the one who is Mesakein Meabruchs? And Chazal tell us that this is a takone of David HaMelech. In the time of David HaMelech, there was a terrible plague, a terrible Magefa. 
And every day a hundred Jews were dying. And David HaMelech was Mesakeh Mea Brachas. It's obvious that it's a hundred connected a hundred. And David HaMelech was Mesakeh to the end of generations that every day you must make a hundred brachas. Now I ask, why a hundred brachas? If there was such a situation that a hundred people that was dying every day, I think he should say, David HaMelech, he should say a hundred brachas tilib. It's not going to be easy. So you know what? Make a hundred small perkei tilip. Why dafka a hundred brachts? Let's give a hundred prutas to tzedak. Why dafka a hundred brachts? And again, everyone's here can tell you their own idea. I'm going to introduce how I understand it. What happened was, Dovin HaMelech saw that there is an idna derizch, that there's, there's a burning anger there is an anger between Hashem and His people. Every day a hundred people are dying. Now when you have two parties that get angry at each other, so the normal thing to do is to find out what's the cause of this anger. And it's obvious that the cause of their anger was Am Yisrael didn't keep the mitzvahs the way they should, didn't learn enough Torah, and what David HaMelech had to do was to be machzir, the Jewish people, to prove it. So this terrible plague should stop and Rahman al-Islam, these hundred people shouldn't die every day. But I think that David HaMelech was confronted by a problem. Because to bring the Jewish people back to Tshuva is not an easy job and certainly not from today to tomorrow. It's not so easy to bring the masses back to Tshuva. And he had to make it an emergency first aid to save the situation that there are a hundred people that were dying every day. And he felt, in my chat, that this is Meir Brachas. Meir Brachas will save the situation. And let me try to explain why Meir Brachas saved the situation. Now, we know that in our world, there are many kinds of communications and many kinds of love. There is a love between a mother and a child. There is a love between two brothers and sisters. And there is a love between husband and wife. Now, it's very important for us to know that the stronger the love and the stronger the connection, when there is anger and there is a period between these attached then the fire is stronger. Um, <clears throat> I would like to relate a story to bring out my point, even though I'm going off the point. But it's a, it's a, it's a Meridika story. Maybe it's worth more than, than my drush. In the time of Rebekah Eger, there was a chasana, there was a wedding, and it was a famous wedding. Today, weddings aren't, aren't so exciting anymore because Baruch Hashem, you know, the whole world is, is so attached. In Europe there was a wedding, it was a famous wedding, and months before then people spoke about it, and people came from far traveling. And before the chuppah, mamash a few minutes before the chuppah, two kosher witnesses went, came over to the rabbi, to the rav, and gave witness that the chosen is not a kosher child. Rahman al-Islam. According to Jewish law, he can't get married. Tragedy of tragedies. Well, there was nothing to do, the wedding was, was, right, was pulled off in the middle of everything. And there were a lot of halachic shayras in this Indian, which I don't know what they were. And the halachic shayras were sent to the G'dayli Hador, including the Chassam Seifer. The Chassam Seifer wrote back a letter very, right away, try to find out if these witnesses are not relatives to the Chassam. As we all know, the relatives are possible to aid us. They're possible to be witness. And what happened was that it was found out that, the, that they were relatives to the Chassam. There's a Tshuva Seba Kivege, and Kivege writes, these words it says, Ruach HaKodesh Nizrecho B'fi Chasni. I think you all know that the Chassam Seifer was the son of Rabbi Kiveger. My son had Ruach HaKodesh. How did he know to ask maybe their relatives? So they asked the Chassam Seifer, Rabbi, you had Ruach HaKodesh? How did you know to ask that maybe their relatives? So the Chassam Seifer says, look. He said, this was a wedding that was months before. It was that people knew about it. It was famous. Why couldn't this witness two months earlier go to the Rav 
and quietly say that chasen is not a kosher child. And, and quietly they would have pulled off the chasen. Why did they wait to ten minutes before the chuppah when all the guests came? Such a riches, such an axarious, only relatives could do such a thing. With his closeness, when there's closeness, and the closeness is disturbed, then the fire is neuter. Now, a cousin, a brother, has a closeness, but that's not the closeness. The greatest closeness is a man and wife. And I don't want to elaborate on this issue, but I think most of you sitting here know that the, the possibilities of ruthlessness, of axurious, of anger, that exists between husband and wife when they once loved each other and they get angry at each other and are departing from each other has no comparison in any, any, any phase. The biggest sadik all of a sudden can turn into a chayim. Lahavdil elif avdolis. Lahavdil elif avdolis. This is a marshal. Because the foundation of Judaism is that HaKadosh Baruch was called Zedoidi Vizerei. HaKadosh Baruch was called Shir Hashirim. The whole Shir Hashirim tells us that the closeness between HaKadosh Baruch and the Jewish people is the closeness of a family. And Rahman al-Islam, when there is anger between HaKadosh Baruch and the Jewish people, do you know what we call it in our language? We call it the Holocaust. We call it a Tachvatat. We call it an Inquisition. We call it in our generation an Tapada. When there is anger between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his people and his beloved, Achasi Yoinosi Tamosi, Achasi Neimo. HaKadosh Baruch is one and only when there is anger. The fire is neither. Now in such situations, of course you have to try to patch things up. But you have to make, the first thing you have to make, what's called in Hebrew, Sulcha Mehira. You know, a, a quick, a quick, first of all, let's stop the breakers. Now if there are two people that love each other and are angry at each other, the symptom is they don't talk to each other. That's the symptom. And you walk over to them, you say, you know what? Yankel, Rachel, first thing, talk to each other. Talk to each other. Tomorrow we'll see how to, how to make shalom. But the first thing, talk to each other. Don't be, you know, don't, just don't turn your face this way, turn your face that way. Once they talk to each other, then the fire is diminishing. Now, the pattern of, of how, how should I say, civil communication, between HaKadosh Baruch and the Jewish people, is a hundred brachas. Rabbi Sai, I'm not going to give a shir now on Shalom Bayes. What is Shalom Bayes? Shalom Bayes, in the way I look at things, is that the two parties should have civil, nice communication in all aspects of life. Imagine you have a couple that are crazy about each other. He says, I'm, I'm crazy over her, and she's crazy over him. They can't talk a nice word to each other. Every time she puts something down on the table, she takes it out of the, out of the oven, puts it down on the table, he makes a frown. Doesn't know how to say thank you. And if he says a very thank you, thank you. That's not Shalom Bias. Shalom Bias is, every time she, Shalom Bias is civil communication. What does it mean, Meir Brochus? Meir Brochus means, Hashem gives you an apple, say thank you, that's all it means. Baruch Hashem, Adukenim Elechoilam, Beri Priyawaitz. That's all, that's, that's all. Now, Dovah HaMelech saw that there is a bragus, there's a fire. A hundred people are dying every day. So he says, you know, Hatzalah, that's not, Tshuva is later, we'll try to find out how to rebuild the Jewish people. But first, let's talk to Hashem. Let's talk to Hashem. So what did Dovah HaMelech say? A hundred brachas. Because a hundred brachas are sprinkled over our life. This is the beautiful way sprinkled all over our life. You get up in the morning and Hashem brings you a present. 
I think many of us receive presents in our lives. Receive presents, beautiful presents. Do any of you ever receive a camera? You ever get a camera for a present? Probably your bas mitzvah, you got a camera for a present. Did you say thank you? A camera is a precious present. It's not a pocket pen. A camera could cost $25. It could cost $100. I'm sure many of you sitting here got cameras worth $150. Now, I don't know too much about cameras. But I'd like to describe the camera which I once got for a present. It works full color, automatic focus, video live pictures that can work a hundred years consecutively without getting stuck. It always takes full color pictures. When it gets dark, automatically the focus opens. When it gets light, it closes. Full color pictures. This is called in our genera- in our language an eye. An eye. How much is such a video machine worth? A million dollars? And what does Hashem say? Just say thank you. You got a present? You woke up in the morning? Just say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Elekeinim Elechoilam, Pekeach Hivrim. That's all. A mind. A mind. What, what, a, a, what a beautiful piece of machinery. A mind. A heart. A child, a husband, a father, a mother. What does Hashem say? I'm going to teach, I don't, I didn't come to, to, to lecture this evening to, to give you a monster, but I'm going to teach you just, you want to appreciate eyes? I'll tell you how to do it. I'll tell you, teach you how to do it. Next time you walk in the street, close your eyes for 10 seconds. Now please, don't do it when you're driving. You'll see how beautiful eyes are. Life. Take a pail of water. Try it. Take a pail of water. Stick your head into the pail of water and count 15. Air. Air. Baruch Hashem HaMachzer Go to Mason. And if you're not convinced, go to the Mamanari's hospital and see one of our brothers on a respirator gasping for air. You breathe like a king. And what's Hashem asking from us? Just say Baruch Hashem a piece of bread. And Baruch Hashem, who eats today bread? Baruch Hashem, our bread is, bread is buttered. And there's sugar and, there's, and, and, and it's delicious. And we put in all kinds of flavors. We have Baruch Hashem, you can go to a bagel store. I think the bagel store, I'm not really a bookie in Borough Park, but I'm sure the last bagel store has not less than 50 different kinds of bagels. Whether it's onions or poppy seeds or, or sesame seeds or we banish What does Hashem want from us? Just to say thank you. Can't we talk civilly to our Hashem is Barak? And that was Takonis David Hamelech. And where is the foundation of this problem? The foundation of this problem because it's not real. And the people sitting here are saying to me, what is this guy saying to us? What is this gentleman talking about? Who doesn't make a bracha? And I ask, I'm sure there are people here who are, who are very, very learned in languages. I don't know Hebrew that well. I, I don't know if, if, you, heard, if you, got, you heard from my speaking. I don't know, not Hebrew, not Yiddish, not English. My, I don't know any language well. But tell me, what does the word buch mean? What does buch mean? What does that mean? I have. A, I just like to know what is Bukhatad Lainum. Many of us didn't make a bracha since we left kindergarten. If you walk into a falafel shop and you see you see a, a young a young bachur or a young girl taking a glass and, and, and a glass of soda, and we are programmed so beautifully, like a, with a, like with with a, with an automatic switch, just before the. the, the the lips are... If, do, you, do we really think that if we'll take a tape recorder and we'll play it slowly back that Baruch Atah Hashem will come out from this bracha? We stop talking to Hashem. We stop talking to Hashem. And why do we stop talking to Hashem? Because Hashem isn't real to us. 
Because we all Baladar Akhirits will never will never have something served to us without saying thank you. Because the waiter is real. Our children who bring to the table are real. Our mommy is real. And we know how to say thank you to our mommy. Now I'm not talking about Kavona. This was the beginning of my discussion. But just to say Maya Brachas. Just to say a hundred brachas. Now my Rebbe Rabbi said, this evening was divided into two, to two speeches, Rabbi Taber and myself. Rabbi Taber spoke beautiful words. My speech, I don't know how much you appreciate it. And I'm Cheshit, when you come home, someone's going to ask you, what did Pinkus speak? I don't know, he spoke, my sister, Bikivegich, some safer with relatives. I have to leave you something tangible. I'm going to tell you people three sgulas. You know what a sgula is? Anybody doesn't know what a sgula is? Three sgulas. Everyone today loves sgulas. Everyone today goes to Mukubolim. I'm going to... Rabbi Pincus, I'm not a rabbi, but, you know, just to be nice. He gave us three sgulas. Now, the first one is not mine. The first one, I heard B'Shem, a great tzaddik, he was a tzaddik This is his gula. The second one is mine, and third one is mine. Now, I must, I must say as an hagdomer that these three gulas are going to be funny, hilarious, just plain funny. I'm not trying to be funny, but they're funny, but they're true. What should I do? It's three funny gulas. And now I will start with the first one in the name of the Matl Slonim. The Matl Slonim was a great tzaddik. Mamish a, a, a tzaddik. I, I, I had come from a Slonim family. And he was a Slonim. He wasn't Mamish a Rebbe. He didn't want to be a Rebbe. He was a tzaddik in a Kodesh. He knew all of Rambam by heart. I know from my cousins. They heard from him Rambam word for word by heart. He had a custom that he never would sit down to eat a meal without saying Tariyag Mitzvahs. Every time before he would eat, he would say it's 613 mitzvahs. He was also a tzaddik and a rebbe and a kodesh. And someone once came to me asking for a zgula about something. I need a zgula for a certain thing. So he said, I don't, he, he didn't like, he was a very sharp person. I don't know any zgulas. He says, I have one school that I could tell you. One school I could tell you. This is a good school. If the soup is hot and you say tired mitzvahs, it's a zgula to cool off. <laughs> this is zgula number one. So now you heard from me the first gula in the name of the Matoslam. Try it, you see it'll work. I take full achrayis. Now, the second gula is mine. Honorable audience that came to Muhammad me to listen to my drasha. I'm giving you a gula for good health. Is anyone in this audience interested in a zgula for good health? I don't know what's going on. I don't live in America. I live in a town called Ofakim. I live in Israel in a town called Ofakim. I know what's going on in Ofakim. In Ofakim, we have a shul, we'll be davening on Shabbos. And if the Kriya Satoira, on Shabbos, the Gabbai starts making a Mishaberech. And he starts with these words. Mishaberech, Avisein, Avroam, Yitzchak, Vayankif, Moshe, Aaron, Dov, Rishleimu, Yivorech, Vayerape, Esachoyle. And a demonstration from all over the shul. People come running. With names. Ruben ben Rachel, Rachel bas Brochel. So many Choylem. So many Choylem. And we're sitting here, Baruch Hashem, we talk about sick people. Many of you know what I'm talking about. I once told a friend of mine, a bocher, I said, you know, I have Ruach HaKodesh. So he says, you have Ruach HaKodesh? I have Ruach HaKodesh. I'll tell you what you said the last time you had an Eric. She says, all right, you tell me. You said, Hashem, my stomach should turn over, my head should be shattered, but please not my ears. Am I right? He says, you're right. When someone's in pain, so many of our children are in pain. We have parents, we have brothers, we have sisters, we have children. 
So many young people just fall. So many tzars. And here I'm coming to give you a school for good health. Is anyone interested? And here's my school. My school is say Asher Yotzah word for word. Say Asher Yotzah word for word. And I'm coming a third school. Again, my school. And here comes a good one. I'm going to give you a school for Parnassah. Now here, not all of you are interested. Because when I was the age of many of you sitting here, I didn't need Parnassah. I said to mommy, please buy me this. Mommy says, I have no money. So I said, write a check. I have no problem. I didn't have a problem with Parnassah. I tell mommy to write a check. But Baruch Hashem, today when I'm a Tati, and I'm also a Zaydi, write a check. You have to cover the check. Oi, parnosa. People go much sugar. There's no parnosa. We have to marry children. We have to pay bills. You just start off with a telephone, the electricity, and, 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 and you just, you know, just, you, you, you must, you, your check just, just dissolved. And here I'm coming with a schooler for parnosa. Isn't that exciting? Listen to my schooler. My schooler is as follows. When you drink a can of soda and the summer, is, the summer is here, I don't know what's going on in Bar Park. Where I live, it's, 40, it's, it's, it's 100, 100, over 100 degrees. And we drink, you know, Pepsi-Cola is in business. Coca-Cola is in business. Baruch Hashem has hashgocha and it's kosher and it's cold and it's delicious and it's, and it's carbonated and it's ice cold. When you drink that soda, say Baruch, you don't have to say it slowly. You don't have to play with your arms and feet. Just say word for word. Baruch Atah Hashem. Don't say Buch and don't say Ableinu. Say Baruch Atah Hashem. Elokeinu Malachoylam. Shehakol Nihyebit Varoy. And when you bench, have time to talk to Hashem word for word. And this is my zvula for Parnosah. So now the question is, why did you say it's funny? And I'll tell you why it's funny. You know why it's funny? The first gula is funny. What did Mahl, what did Mahl Salama said? Mahl Salama said, a beautiful gula. If you say Tariyag Mitzvah, the soup is going to cool off. Of course the soup is going to cool off. If you say Tariyag anything, the soup is going to cool off. It's natural the soup is going to cool off. That's why you need the Tariyag to say that. If you say Tariyag Mitzvah, the soup is going to cool off. It's funny because everyone understands that you don't need a Tariyag to say if you say Tariyag Mitzvah, the soup is going to cool off. And the same is true with the second gula. You need this, a, a drasha in Bar Park with signs on the walls for someone to say that if you say Baruch Atah Hashem that you'll have good health in your family. That's why Pinkus has to come and say speeches. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. But why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? And here Pinkus is coming with a third schooler. That if you say, You'll have Parnassah. It's hilarious. It's simple. But who doesn't know that? But we don't do it. There was once a man benching at the time of the Chofetz Chaim. Now I don't know in those days how it worked, but today we were taught to bench in kindergarten. And we have a niggin for the whole benching. I don't know how you bench. In the end of this, it works like this. these words? The Chavetz Chaim heard someone benching. And he says, uh, excuse me a second. Do you know that you ask for 16 things? He says, 16 things? Oh, you didn't count? Let me count for you. You said, Please give us forever. You asked for chen. You asked for chen. You know what chen is, Rabbi Sai? You know what chen is? I'm asking now Hashem for chen. I'm sitting here saying it, Russia. You people think I'm a zhlob. Chen. I shouldn't look like an, like an idiot. You buy a dress, you walk in the street. Chain. Our children should have chain. Chain. Then you ask for counting. Number two, yes for chesed. Chesed. Then you ask for rachamin. 
The fourth thing, yes, was for Revach. You know what Revach means? You know what Revach is sometimes you close into your apartment and, it, and there's no room? Revach, a little, a little break. You walk into the store and this course, you understand, it says twelve ninety-nine. The 99 cents, that's what makes the problem. Revach, Revach. Shouldn't be so much something. Vatsala. You know what Vatsala means? How many times does our children cross the street every day? Go on, you watch them. Watch them crossing the street. You can walk after them. Hatzala. Hatzlocha. Am I counting? Chin, ule chesed, ule rachmim, ule revach, hatzala. Hatzlocha, hatzlocha. You're going to teach today? You have a job. Hatzlocha. And I'll finish it. Brocha. Yeshua. Nechoma. For all the tragedies we hear about. When I finish, Parnosa, the Chaukola, the Rachamim, the Chaim, the Shalom, the Choltoiv. The Chavetz Chaim says, "You know, you asked for sixteen brachas. Imagine our children coming to us, Tati. <laughs> I need a dress. I need a scarf. Can't we talk to Hashem? Can't we talk to Hashem? Because it's not real to us." And I'm not, as I was started off, I'm not going to discuss Dvarm Shebelev. But we have to get into the habit of talking to Hashem, of civil communication. And, I, and, I, and I'm telling you, Rabbi Sai, this is not greatness. This is a habit that you can get used to. If you get used to it, you'll see how beautiful life will be. I must be personal for a moment. I want to tell you, Rabbi Sai, in the last three quarters of a year, in my life, I train myself to make brachas word for word. Kavana, I'm far from kavana. I train myself, I got the habit, I make a bracha word for word. I got it as a present from Hashem. Let me tell you how it happened. Three quarters of a year ago, I was invited to speak in Kol Chazanish. And there was a big audience, 300 people. And I didn't, know what, I didn't know what to talk about. You know, sometimes it happened, I didn't know what to talk about. So I started talking about brachas. You know, the whole Josh, I didn't say the same Josh, I said something a little different. I was talking about Achil and about brachas. And I said, Bocha Tadlein with the whole Josh, with the whole Zach. And I said, Rabbi Yisai, say a bracha word for word. My luck, my brother in law was sitting there. I come home to my parents, to my, to my father in law's house, and it was a hot day, and they gave me a glass of soda, and he's watching me. No, after such a speech, let me see, make a bracha. No, I bread up a God. So I said a bracha, Baruch Atah Hashem, Malukinim, Malukhoilam, Shakom, Yebedvorah. That Shabbos, I was back home in Ofakim, and Rosh Hashim was supposed to speak, and he didn't show up. So someone walks me to me, and I would go up, and the guy would go up, and I woke up, and I don't have a talk about it. And I had an old Joshua from Kel Chazanish. I started talking about brachas. And the worst I could have, my children were there. And I say, I have a complex. Every time I make a bracha, I think someone's looking at me. Here, my sister's here. And I'm a trouble in the United States of America. So, I train myself to, and Rabbi said, believe me, that my life changed. It's not a greatness, I didn't do it out of greatness, I didn't do it out of tzidkis. I push it, was forced by Hashem, a present from Hashem to get into the habit. And my life changed, I believe my life changed. I feel, first of all, a piece of, a piece of if you eat some, a piece of ice cream, a piece of bread, a piece of ice cream, at least it's not so grub. This you say, Baruch Hashem, A glass of cold soda, it's not so, you know, it's not, you know, you know, it's cold, and, but it's not that terrible when you say, Baruch Hashem, And in the morning you say, Baruch Hashem, Baruch And I would like to finish with one word that I say. We live in a generation of abundance that never was. I was, a month ago, I was by a hesped on a big tzaddikis, an elderly woman who was 90-something years old. And her son was talking about her. And she said, he, he said, happens to be my new mechotonim. She passed away, a big tzaddikis. And he said that, that this, 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 this tzaddikis had a dress that she wore on Yom Tif for 20 years. For 20 years she wore the same dress. Today, we don't wear the same dress for 20 years. 
Today things are somewhat different. I don't know how to, how to express it. I don't want to be personal, but I don't want to talk Lashon Hara. My daughter is 5,000 miles away. I have Baruch Hashem, a wonderful 15-year-old. She opens up her closet. She sees a rainbow, Baruch Hashem, like all of you. She looks at the closet. In my little I have nothing to wear. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. You open up a refrigerator. You see there's not room for a pin. On the bottom there's a bin. There's tomatoes and there's cucumbers and there's, there's, and there's all kinds of vegetables. And there's six to- different kinds of cheeses. And there's sour cream and there's milk. And from Shabbos was left fish and meats and chickens and turkeys. And on a Sunday morning, then the husband opens up the, the, the looks from top to bottom, there's nothing to eat. He's going out to get a falafel. Now, there, I would like to suggest, Rabbi said, what's the reason why Hashem gave us such an abundance? There are many ways to, to explain it. I'll tell you what I feel. Maybe the reason is, my mom is Zangazunt. I just like to relate a little, a little story, a little, little nakuda. My mommy is a very special woman. First of all, she's my mommy. That makes it very special for me, for sure. She's the only American girl that went from the United States to Krakow to learn by Sarah Shneer. And she told me once, she says, where was my cup? Where was my head? When I learned in the seminary in Krakow, if I would have asked my father who was in, the, in America, happened to be a Gvaldi Ketzadik, if I would have asked my father to send me a dollar, I could have bought eggs for the whole school. Where was my cup? I could have bought eggs for the whole school. So I said, why didn't you do it? Why Taka didn't you do it? So she said, you know why? It didn't occur to me because there was nothing missing. I look back, we had nothing to eat, but the pleasure of life was so beautiful. There was just plain nothing missing. It didn't occur to me. I wasn't missing anything. I should tell my father to send money when I have nothing missing. Now, those people who had one dress for 20 years and had a piece of bread, there was nothing missing. So when they got up in the morning and they looked at the dress and they said, Baruch Atah, and they, they, they were bubbling. Baruch Atah Hashem alekeinim alechoilam ma'al b'sharumim. And they said, Baruch Atah Hashem alekeinim alechoilam ha'maitzi lechem in ha'aretz. What happened today, our hearts are turning hard. So what does Hashem say? Hashem says, I didn't, I, I, please talk to me. Hashem says, look, if I'll give you one dress, so you're not going to say a nice thank you. You know what? Take two, take three, take four, take five. A closet full. A closet full. And then you know what? Decide you have nothing to wear. Go to Manhattan, look to the whole Manhattan, and you, have, and you didn't find anything, and it's luck, you can go again tomorrow. But just when you buy it already, say thank you. That's all I want from you. Hashem sets up in Bar Park a cheese store. You know why there's such a cheese store in Bar Park? You walk in there, you get lost. 150, I'm going to say, no, Guzma, 17 different kinds of cheeses, 8 different kinds of cheeses. Say thank you. That's what I want from you. Just say, Yashikoyach. Every once in a while, we go to a supermarket. Why does Hashem create supermarkets? We take our wagon and we go to you. It's a grand hike. You walk up and down. This Friday, I went to a supermarket in Lakewood. I looked, I was looking for something, the covered Shabbos, and I saw a sign, candies. The supermarket was one and a half times this ulam. Candies! And I walked up and down. And most of them probably had a hechshir. I said to myself, this is the paradise of the dentist. So, Hashem says, look, you have so many different delicacies. And most of them are diet. A half of a ca- calorie. Say thank you. Say thank you to Hashem. Say baruch to Hashem. That's all Hashem is giving us. Take more, take more, take more. Oh, say thank you. And this, I finished my drosha. It's very late. <clears throat> We're soon going to receive the Torah. Maimon Har Sinai. What was Maimon Har Sinai? Maimon Har Sinai is that Hashem should be real to us. And when something is real, then first thing, when it's, a, when it's, when it's, let us first, the first you say, return our civil communication. Our civil communication. Let's make a bracha. We have no time for Hashem to say bracha. 
Kavana will come later. Just say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Elokeinim Alech Oilam, Shehakor Nyeh Bedvaroi. And then everything, Bezer Hashem, will be full of Baruch Hashem, should help us.